Welcome back to the Self Over Sickle podcast. My name is Cyan. I am the patient education and training lead for the Sickle Cell Society. Um, and that just basically means that I get to put on great projects like these um, to support young people living with sickle cell. Um, today I'm joined with... Stefan. Um, Mary. Okay, and um, our topic for today is life goals. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to remind you all that we do have an event coming up on March the 26th. It will be in Croydon. Um, it's our Self Over Sickle launch party, um, and it's a chance for you to get to meet the team and find out a bit more about this project and how you can get involved. And there's going to be performances, there's going to be um, different stalls, and there's going to be some time to chat and eat as well. So yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing you there um, and you can get a free ticket on Eventbrite. So life goals guys, mm. um, <laughs> what does life goals mean to you? For me life goals means, means just trying to get through life, doing what you want to do, achieving what you want to achieve and I guess everyone has goals in life and however living with sickle cell sometimes achieving those goals um, require a bit more planning and a bit more creativity. Um, mm. So I think life goals for me are just as it things I want to achieve. Um, it's not always, I might just come up with an idea, some of them I might do and then some of them I won't and then I'll just see, try and plan for it mm. or just go along with it. I'm thinking life goals. Um, yeah, so I have different ones in terms of study, education, health, and it all falls into that bracket. Okay. Yeah. So um, talking a little bit actually about study and education, um, one hot topic is university. I know personally that um, on speaking to um, different people living with sickle cell, some people have said, you know what, yeah, I'm going to go to uni. Um, others have stayed away because of their condition. Um, what has that been a question that's come up for you guys? What's your, your thoughts around that? I definitely didn't think to stay away. Um, I think it was just the way my parents brought me up. Um, so it was very education focused. So uh, literally there was like a path. It's like you go to school, um, go to sixth form and then uni. It was That was kind of the way we were mm. geared. So I never did. But then I once I um, after a while I started to meet other people with sickle cell and then I realized not everyone were tailored that way mm. or it might have not been a driving force um, but I have met a lot of people that did go to university and if they got the right support I don't think I got the right support while I was at uni but <laughs> if you got the right support you'll probably be able to manage and um, you know uh, be able to achieve what you can or the best you can if you put your mind to it in a sense um, mm. yeah. quick question on that before we go over to you Stefan and when you talk about the right support what okay. would you say was missing for you Firstly, it was uh, firstly. I think it started with the knowledge. Um, I didn't realize the different things I could tap into. Mm. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't. Firstly, I didn't even know that I needed to make anyone aware. I don't know why. I mm. kind of just went in blindsided. So I jumped into the deep end, but as in make anyone aware about your sickle cell. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, things on my part, maybe health professionals. I should have. I didn't do the transition, so I didn't know quite a bit I just jumped in mm. and I figured it out but support in terms of um you know is it a DSA yeah so the DSA team and letting them know about it so they can like liaise with my um with my tutors mm -hmm. um also liaise with the hospital I'm not sure if they do that or point is just making sure that the right people know and then if things do come up as in um admissions and mm -hmm. stuff 
they could be the mediator in between that. And then, um, because I remember I was mainly just speaking to, who was I speaking to at the time? I was just speaking to the administrator of the architectural department and mm. I should have been probably being able to have been put through to someone higher up yeah. to structure how I would um, come back into class and get um, the right support to not... Like, you know, you go to hospital, you miss out. Mm-hmm. So the right support to kind of, like... Reintegrate yeah. you, yeah. Um, so, but, yeah. I just think, so for my sisters, I was able to kind of guide them and give them mm. some advice and tips. Um, and so they made sure they went through DSA before they applied for that one. So mm-hmm. within their UCAS, um, they also made sure that they were in contact with the hospitals at the cities that they were going to didn't stay in London so mm. you have to transfer all of that over so all of these things are um, uh, yeah if you know these things then it just makes things easier but talking to other people hearing how they've done it mm-hmm. definitely helped and then I was able to guide my sisters and say to them okay try this and then they learned well the middle sister learned from me and then she was able to give more to information her. to mm. the younger sister um, but sometimes it's just knowing yeah. or, you know or hearing someone to say something to yeah so just um talking about DSA for anyone who doesn't know just to be clear we're talking about disability support allowance yeah yeah. yeah? and having funds to help you Mm -hmm. um with your condition whilst at uni yeah and they do more than that thank goodness yeah so they'll even tell you about cancelling I mean what's how's DSA in yours because I don't it's quite similar in most unis but there's so DSA would be looking at um what travel support there is for you Mm -hmm. looking at trying to get a laptop for you um, looking at how your exams should be set up. Do you need extra time? Do you need to have breaks? And also looking at mitigating circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, my DSA also looks at just ca- carrying certain bags. Do I need uh, a one a wheel? Do I need a bag with wheels? Mm-hmm. Four wheels, two wheels, and various different needs that you have in uh, to allow you to go through uni easier right, and right. To get to uni easier yeah like even knowing that you could potentially get a cab I had no clue um because I'm when I moved off campus I was walking up some hill like every day to my lecture I'll be like in bed thinking Mm. how am I going to do this journey in the snow and I put myself through it because obviously I'm like I need to finish uni I'm not trying to stay mentally I just didn't want to stay an extra year I was like I just want to get out of this place so I was putting myself through and I put my body through too many things that just wasn't necessary. And mm-hmm. I think if I had known that, okay, they could work around transport and figure out a better method of you getting to uni, that definitely would have helped me. Mm-hmm. So my sister, I think she's discussed. Yeah, I think she's discussing with them about health appointments because she has to go all the way to another hospital, which is far from her uni. So discuss how that can go around her studies and just finding an easy balance. Um, but, yeah, these things are there and they're available. It's just mm. you kind of have to know. So I'll just... <laughs> I kind of just have to figure it out. You know? um, I'm trying to think, what else? What other support is there? Mm. I mean, friends as well. Sometimes maybe considering being open to friends. Mm. Were you open to friends about Sickle for me, I'm... So quietly. <laughs> okay, so were you open to friends about Sickle <laughs> Yeah, for me, uh, I'm quite casual about my okay. Sickle and who knows... It doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. I'm someone that really emphasizes education. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know my um, biggest deciding factors and why I do certain things, then you're not really going to understand who I am. Mm. And also, 
if I have friends, I want them to understand who I am. I'm not going mm. to be living a double life and trying to hide things. Mm -hmm. um, it just makes life a lot simpler. People mm. understand you're not doing this certain activity because. And so I'm just casual, like, yeah, I can't do this. I have sickle cell or I'm tired today because. And usually people tend to understand. Mm. Would you say as well, sorry, Mary, um, before you go on, talking about this kind of idea about support and, um, you know, just letting people know who you are, would you say, because I think university can be a time for everyone where, you know, you're going into it and there's that, what's the word? I guess that fear around being in a place where people um, don't know who you are and can pass judgment and stuff like that. And I think, um, I guess my question to you is, in you just being open, being casual, did that relieve some of that pressure, would you say? Or... Um, yeah, I will say it relieved some of the pressure. Again, I didn't really get any judgment about mm -hmm. it. I didn't get any special treatment. When I, I came out, it was just, okay, you're another person that does things differently. Mm -hmm. um, you have different needs and we can't expect you to socialise with us, we can't expect you to do this and that. However, there's days that you can't, and mm -hmm. people understand that. Right, right. Um, also, when I start talking about it, people also come out of their health issues that they're struggling with. And people are always struggling with something that you can't see. You're not the mm. only person. So you're not actually the odd one out half the time. Yeah. Mm. I think when you said the whole double life thing, it made sense, because there's been times where I haven't bothered telling people about it, and then I've felt like I've actually had to try and live this double life. Um, but in terms of judgment, I feel like, um, yeah, from my experience, I definitely felt judgment because it's, it's not readable in terms of sometimes you're doing things and then the next day you might not be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And then someone's like, OK, but you did it yesterday. So like, for me, it's like the social as aspect of university. So going out, having fun, all of that. Um, there'll be times where I might say, like I used to go out quite a bit with my friends and there was one time where I was just not going to leave my house. I think I was out in the, the morning, mm -hmm. but the afternoon I was like, I'm not feeling great. And I'd explained I had sickle cell, but I didn't even know how to explain in depth how sickle cell affects someone. So maybe it's mm. even educating them on that. That she probably I should have considered doing that. But anyway, <laughs> she's all like, but I saw you, you were fine. And I'm like, babes, look, I just don't want to come. I'm not feeling great. And there was this essence of like, okay, you're supposed to constantly be with the group. Mm. Or in my case, it's like, be with the group or um, keep up. But after a while, I think once, you know, once they saw the really like peak sides of my life, so once they did see me in hospital, then I think they had to see the really horrible sides from them to now to understand. understand. But mm. it's like, you don't want to show everyone that for them to understand um, or for them not to pass judgment. But then I also think uni, everyone's kind of young. So, well, at that time, we we're all like 18, 19, 20. It, it's... I'm not, it's, it's, okay, how to describe this? I can't expect too much for them. Mm. I can't expect them to, like, behave as I'd want them or understand as I want because they're still learning and they're still dealing with things. So it's, you know, finding a balance. Mm. I always say finding a balance. Okay. <laughs> See, for me, I started uni at 21. I didn't start at 18. Mm. So the people I surrounded myself with were probably more mature okay. and they're more understandable about what I was going through. Yeah. And by this time, I was able to just articulate to myself well enough. Um, and I was someone that I came to uni to focus and do what I have to do. So if I told people, no, I'm not coming out today, um, people are like, okay, 
that's fine mm. and I wasn't really someone that was trying to get approval from others mm. or to be recognised um, if people thought I was boring I was like okay well I don't really care and I had things to do and I made sure that I was well enough to do what I had to do mm. in terms of work exams and just get into my lectures on time. Mm. So I feel that there's this aspect then of kind of um, knowing, like you said, it's, it's interesting actually the differences because at 18, um, that is kind of, you know, we're looking maybe more for acceptance, we're a bit younger, whereas at 21, you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I don't want to say fully fledged adult, but you know, <laughs> um, I'm a bit older now and you kind of look at life maybe a little bit differently as well. So I guess, what was I, what was I saying? Um, I feel, that there is maybe an element of kind of knowing who you are that really kind of helped you or can help you with that university experience that even if you're having an off day or a bad day or whatever, that you're able to still, um, to translate that information and not feel guilty about mm. it really, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I was just, as you were talking, that was just kind of coming to me. And I think that's something that's, that's a universal point that I think everyone should kind of take away really, um, you know, with or without sickle cell because people can really make you feel guilty for stuff, um, whether it's to do with your condition or your circumstances or whatever it may be. Um, was there something you wanted to add before we... <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, um, so I was just going to say, so you kind of mentioned about going to university outside of London and yeah. you mentioned like going to uni in London. Yeah. Um, what what did you, how was that kind of thing? I'll start with you being outside. Um, so probably when I look back, I feel like I should have probably picked the university where I should have looked at the how the healthcare was or how the hospitals might have been around in that area. So probably gone to a city where maybe there's more black people, honestly, because really and truthfully, then they might have been more equipped to be able to help uh, manage my condition. Mm -hmm. um, there was one... OK, so going outside of London was good because I just wanted... Oh, sorry. <laughs> so going outside of London was good because I wanted to kind of just get out um, of my house. I didn't mm. want to be, like, at home too much. And so... But I think the problem arose was second year when it's now I have to kind of think about my health and I'm not really sure who to contact. I'm away from my London team. Mm. Uh, I didn't really know my London team that well, but at least they would have... I knew them enough for them to understand or be able to guide um, my care. I know one girl who went all the way to Southampton, I think, and she would just constantly travel back to London whenever she was in a crisis... Or I was like, nobody's got time for that. I wasn't. I, mean, I wasn't even going to spend the money to come from Kent to London for. Quite, I wasn't going to do that. But it's like, um, so being out there, it's just if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do it again, I would definitely pick a city where I know the health system is um, equipped to take care to of take me. Care. Um, also, we're in the UK, so it's not like I can pick a nice warm place. Really, mm. I was near the coast. Would I pick somewhere more Midlands? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> or more south. No, I wouldn't go too far up north. Yeah, yeah. that's something I said I wasn't going to do because um, I was looking for far places, but all the nice universities were too far up north for me to be bothered with. Um, so it's more so being, being sure about whether the GPs and the hospitals can actually handle my care because mm. it's not... Yeah, I'm studying, but if anything were to happen, I would like 
to be sure they can take care so I can get back to my studies. Mm. Point is, when they can't take care of you properly, it just takes you down another whirlwind of trouble, unnecessary mm. stress, to be honest. Yeah. So kind of finding that balance between somewhere where you can self-develop and yeah, yeah. get your studies, but at the same time, self-preserve and yeah, keep your yeah. health in check. Okay, yeah. cool. And Stefan? So for me, I chose to stay in London. Mm -hmm. So my biggest sort of deciding factor was my energy levels. Right. And I realised if I had left London, I would have to work to pay whatever rent to stay in, in student accommodation or flat. And I realised that for me, I can't work and study at the same time. I can only really focus on one. Um, my energy doesn't allow me to do to do the, both things. And I really wanted to make sure that going through uni, I was getting my degree and not risking a crisis. Because in the past, my education has kind of slipped where I'll go into a crisis and I'm missing weeks and weeks of school. Mm. My grades haven't been as good as they could be. And I thought to myself, I'm not risking that with university, especially since I'm paying £9,000. I really need to come mm -hmm. out with the best grade possible. And for me to do that was go somewhere where I can stay at home and I don't have to worry about other extra obligations of going to work and travelling here and travelling there. Mm. Um, I don't have to worry about where I'm getting my care. And again, going back to the hospitals that we choose, I, was re I can rely on... The hospital I went to, I could run the GP that I go to. So it, it cut out a lot of stress that I would have had to go through if I was moving out of mm -hmm. London. And plus, I don't drive myself. And so travelling back on trans public transport back into London would have been even more of a, even more stress. Mm. Mm. So for you, staying closer to home or mm. staying at home, did you feel disadvantaged any, in any way compared to maybe your peers or...? No, um, even staying at home and living with my mum, I still have quite a lot of independence, I have quite mm. a lot of freedom. Uh, my mum allows me to go out with my friends, do what I want to do. And so I don't feel restricted in mm. that sense. And I can always go back home and just relax and chill out and not worry about having to travel in an area where buses don't run mm. every two minutes like mm. they do in London. So I had that sort of comfort knowing no matter how late I am out, I can always get back home safely. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So um, some of that, I guess, as well comes with living in London. Yeah. Um, there might be some people who aren't in London and maybe um, further afield who feel that they have to stay um, close to home um, to go to university. Uh, what advice would you kind of give to to someone um, who is thinking about going to university when it comes to things like, you know, where they should go? I think, like, you... In, in, yeah, just weigh up your options, pros and cons. Oh, yeah, weigh up your options, pros and cons. But I do think that if you did want to travel or go somewhere else, that you shouldn't say you did, you're not going to do it, in a sense. Because... Um, because then I also start thinking about, let's say you want to like move to another country in, mm. in life, you'll still be weighing up the pros and cons and potentially you can. It's just um, making sure that you yeah, are more so in an area that they have um, specialists or they have healthcare professionals that can help you. And then if you are in a position where, um, let's say studying, because I remember I picked up some like, easy work where it's like maybe once a week um 
but it did take a it's like easy work where it's not going to take a toll because I did more hours than I needed to mm-hmm. but it was like um, some, easy work in terms of employment yeah yeah okay. um, sometimes you can work at your university but I think my mum was more so at events mm-hmm. um, and waitressing but I'd say more so pick up work at your university or more so yeah just easy quick work if you needed to make up funds um, but there is always support sometimes you just have to like look in the right places um, yeah and because some options is like I could, if I stayed at home, I knew it, would, it might have been a bit. There will be the tension between trying to grow up and be independent, but still having your parents. Because I'm like an African household first child. Mm. I'm not sure how that would have really worked. <laughs> so I knew because there are some people that just feel like no, they need, they want to go out. So yeah, if you are and you think you're gonna do it, just try and weigh up the pros and cons, and. Um, it's also just making sure that the place you're going to go, yeah, the health professionals are decent. I think yeah. Birmingham is a place that I always say another place in Manchester, I'm guessing. I haven't checked out Liverpool too tough, um, but I'm, it's major. The, ma- the main big cities I'm thinking are mm. the ones that you'll have the best chance at <laughs> in regards to like um, moving to a different city and having a decent healthcare support system. Okay. Yeah. Jason, thank you. And Stefan? For me, I think it's important to understand the university you're actually going to as mm-hmm. well mm. because lots of different universities have different policies on extensions, um, extenuous circumstances, and also every disability department, they have different um, options for you. Mm. For example, one university might allow you to have a certain amount of extensions on your book loans where other unis wouldn't. And my university was very good. They had a lot of contact time with the teachers. They understood that a lot of people would be leaving the university because it was mature students. So people had kids, people came with disabilities. So they were able to accommodate everyone. Right. And for me going into hospital and coming out, they were very happy to help me out, give me the extra time. They understood what I needed and they were able to provide it with no problem. So it's important to go around to the different universities, speak to the disability departments, find out what they can do for you, how much contact time do you have with your teachers, and also even getting to know your personal um, academic tutors and, you know, just explain to them that this is what you struggle with and just ask them what options are there for me. Mm -hmm. And once you understand what your university can provide for you, then you can weigh up the pros and cons, like Mary indicated, and that would allow you to have an easier um, university um, experience. Okay, well, thank you very much, guys. Um, I think if anybody is out there who is maybe thinking, you know what, I've, I've got a similar experience or a different experience or have gone to university maybe further up north um, and have things they'd like to share, do leave them in the comments, um, do let us know, um, and yeah, we'll take it from there. So, um, SOS shout out. SOS shout out. Yes. Um, so there's a music artist by the name of A-Star. Um, he's, uh, yeah, his music video is coming out this week. And um, it's called Hidden Pains. Um, so I was in the video, it was on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't too bad. It was um, it was a bit chilly that day, but we're all wearing red tops. Um, and the 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 meanings and the words that were in the song was quite. Um, most people could connect with it. I wish I could say some of the words right now, but you know, <laughs> um, 
literally it was it was a very inspirational and powerful song and i hope you guys will go and check it out um and it's def- it definitely brought people in the community together and closer. Um, so it's just like try and support the artists and people that are trying to wait, raise awareness for our condition. Okay. Yeah. So this song is to do with sickle cell. Yeah, and it's called Hidden Pain. So yes, he talks about really in-depth stuff that you know I've been through, and I'm sure other people would have definitely been through as well. So. Yeah. Okay. So we got A Star on that, yes. and um, yeah, we'll be sharing that on our Instagram as well. Um, and if you've got something that you'd like us to shout out on the show, do get in touch as well, so we can plug that for you. Um, so talking about music videos, fun stuff, and you said it was a little bit chilly, a little bit cold. Yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, UK weather. I just can't stand it to be honest. Yeah, so it's even raining for now. summertime. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking, like, is that going to affect the shot? But <laughs> look at me. Um, yeah, so I can't wait for summer. I can't wait for the warmer weather. Okay. I, yeah. Um, Got any plans going in? Plans. Um, my sister really wants me to travel. She's all, she came into my room and she was all like, oh, Mary, where we, where's the family going this um, summer? And so I'm trying to tell her, no, we're going to wait till Christmas because I'm hoping we can go to Nigeria as a family then because Christmas time is the place and the time to be in Nigeria, apparently. So mm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now that's where we're going to wait. But maybe I'll go somewhere else and plans. For something. Maybe I'll go somewhere short and quick and somewhere close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not just going to break my bank. I hear you. <laughs> and Stefan, what are you saying? For me, the summer, heading to Ghana. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that, going back to the Caribbean, going to have some good food, good mm. weather, yeah. Some Spend time with my food. family. Yeah. Oh, can't wait, I can't wait. I need to get out of this place. Yeah. been here too long. <laughs> I hear you. So, okay, on this kind of idea around travel, um, we're still talking about life goals. And I know travelling is one thing that, again, can be difficult um, some people will not travel at all with sickle cell. Other people will just throw themselves right into it. Um, what has your experience been with travelling? So I travel quite a lot, actually. Um, I won't travel every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't travel every year, but I will travel once every couple of years. And I try to go to a different country. So I've been to places like Spain. I've been to... Um, Guyana, Barbados, mm. Florida. I need to come in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, travelling is fun. I love it. I love it. And the the prep for travelling isn't too bad. Some people think I have to do this, prepare for this, organise this. Really and truly, if you're going to a country that's warm like the Caribbean, going to warm places in Europe like Spain, your single cell, for me, it feels like it's non-existent at times. Okay. And I'll go and the, the heat and the food, it allows me to just live my best life out there. Mm. However, there are a few things that I do need to prep for. Uh, for example, making sure I have all my medication, making mm-hmm. sure that when I do go out, I'm, I have a bottle of water with me all the time, making sure that I have waterproof clothing in case it rains or whilst I'm mm. out. And I think it's just important to understand that when you're traveling, how does your body react to certain climates? And also, can you handle certain altitudes when flying as well? Mm. In terms of the handling certain altitudes, um, if someone hasn't been away before, do you have any kind of advice as to how they may not, well, not find that out, but find that out? 
So if you haven't travelled before, it's advisable that you speak to your doctor. Mm -hmm. Most times you'd probably be told that you need oxygen on the flight and that's something you need to organise. Um, personally, you I can have, just organise that with the airline. You can organise that with the airline. Yeah. Personally, for myself, I have oxygen on my flights because my flights are usually eight hours long going mm -hmm. out to the Caribbean or to America. Um, I know a few people who go to Europe and because those are flights are a lot shorter, they don't have oxygen. But it's also advisable. Longer flights means more oxygen. Mm -hmm. Mary. Um, <laughs> travel, travel. Okay, so... Literally, in terms of travel, so think with the choir, I've been able to travel in the UK. And then in terms of traveling outside the UK, I usually travel with my family. Mm -hmm. And then there was one time when I traveled with my friend. So that was interesting. Was there another time I traveled with friends? Oh, actually, and then I traveled with a church. So okay. I've done traveling. So, with different groups. Yeah. yeah. So um, sometimes, uh, so when my health wasn't terrible, I didn't, I just thought, okay, I'm fine. I'll just do go. And I didn't really prep that much mm -hmm. I just obviously went to more warmer countries because I don't even like the cold anyway so I'm not really going to travel to a really cold country um <clears throat> and literally like you really when it's like you're in a warm country it's just like everything just feels amazing it's like all the pain is just like my body's relaxed I don't feel much pain and so that's why I pick hotter countries but um let's think in regards to one time when I travelled with my friend, I think I kind of wish I was a bit more aware of the things that I could have put in place. So at that time, I definitely should have asked for special assistance because um, after that point, I did always ask for special assistance and that's kind of when you go to the... You go, you tell the airline or you, whenever you're doing your tickets or whatever, you say to them, oh, you click for special assistance, you get it, they'll come with a wheelchair or maybe this like big buggy thing where everyone can get on and then they'll take you to the flight. And the great thing about it is that you get to like skip ahead of the long queue, go through the shortcut. Problem is at the end of the flight, you're kind of like waiting for a while for everyone else to get off the plane, but you still skip the queue, you know, but at the same time, it's less pressure on my body. And then it allows me to, um, yeah, it's less pressure on my body. And then it just allows me to kind of maneuver a lot easier when I'm in the other country. And then when I'm back here, because I still have to travel back home or travel to the, um, to the hotel. So that's, this kind of chops up the time and you're giving assistance. Okay. But yeah, with my friend, yeah, I think I should have probably warned her a little bit more because she didn't realise I was going to have so much medication. So yeah. she just sometimes would hear, I didn't have a Dosset box either at the time. So she'd keep on hearing me like pop the medication out and I'm sure that like bugged her. And I was like, after a while, I was like, oh gosh. Um, but it was a nice warm country. What other things? Um, did you just punch me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were like, oh, telling me that I need to like, Stop. <laughs> um, I was going to ask actually, well, one of the concerns is often around travel insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah. What has, you know, is it, is, the, is travel insurance something, because again, um, with Sickle Cell, it's quite expensive. Have you guys found the same kind of thing and any? Travel insurance. I don't do proper travel insurance. I don't think I'm gonna... Oh, but that's me, okay, yeah. So I don't do proper travel insurance. I'll do the one with my, whoever I'm traveling with, um, or with if I'm traveling with my parents, I'll do it under them. If I'm traveling alone, then I'll just do a simple one that just covers my luggage, covers any accidents. But I don't really do the one where it's extensive, but that's only because of all of the medical 
this sounds so bad. Okay, it's more so because literally I have blood exchanges and at the time I was having hospital admissions, my premium was just too much. It just wasn't cost effective. So I kind of knew I knew I knew I could like kind of manage myself, but I was taking a huge risk and I wouldn't advise anyone to do this at all. Um, but I took the risk and I knew I wasn't going for like a month. I wasn't going for like a very long time. So, but... Yeah, if anyone does come across, I mean, if anyone knows any good travel insurance, please let me know. Good cost-effective ones. (laughs) Help Mary, guys. Help Mary. (laughs) I'm always talking about my pockets. (laughs) Um, For me, I um, I guess that, yeah, there was... Sorry. So, for me, um, when I'm travelling, I always have to make sure that there's certain things in place in terms of having my letters, making sure that oh, yeah. the insurance yeah, companies I'm travelling with knows my needs. Um, and there are a few cost-effective ones out there. You just need to do your, your research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not doing my research. <laughs> um, nah, yeah. I think, because really and truthfully, I think it depends on... I remember back before when my health was okay, I'm sure I wouldn't have to pay a crazy amount. You have to pay more, obviously, if you're having more treatment, because in case you're going to that country... It's just, clearly, I just have to kind of, I don't know. I know I like to travel. Mm. I like to, I don't know. So, I, I know, guess... Oh. So, I know the Sickle of Society website has actually your advice. Yes. And okay. <laughs> so, I'll look on there. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and I was going to say as well, if anybody else out there has kind of come across any cost-effective um, ones, or just ones that have been really good, if you've, you know, if you've ended up in a situation and, and needed that support, yeah. that have really come through, um, again, do comment, do let us know, so that yeah. we can share with one another. Yeah. Um, and hopefully not be in situations where we're winging it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying as well. Um, and so we've kind of, we've touched on different ways in which you can kind of prepare and stuff. Um, do you have any kind of final tips, whether it's for flying or for once you arrive or just even leading up to that time? I would say it's important to have letters from your doctors um, and also translate them into the country you're going to. Right. I find that when I go to the airports, because of the amount of medication I've t- I'm taking, airports stop you and they start questioning you. Mm. So if you don't have any official documents saying why you're bringing this medication with you, it can create your, make your trip a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. And also I would say, always walk with more than enough medication. Yeah. I've, I've been travelling at times, and it's not outside of London, not outside of the UK, but travelling outside of London and... I thought to myself, okay, this amount of medication should be enough for the amount of days I'm going. And it hasn't. Right. And those times have been a bit sticky. Mm. As I would say, make sure you have more than enough. Mm-hmm. And also just look at weather requirements. Try and pack things for worst case scenarios. Don't just think, okay, I'm going to a hot country. I just need to pack all t-shirts. Sometimes you yeah. might have a situation where you're caught out in the rain. Mm. in the country you're going to and you're owning a t-shirt mm. so try and make sure that you, you're walking with extra clothes and that you can mitigate against these worst case scenarios okay. yeah right well um, there was one more thing that came to my mind and it just sleep it's really just wondered I really <laughs> <laughs> um, oh that was it okay so coming back to the theme of life goals um 
why would well would you encourage people to travel and if so why i yeah. definitely would you would yeah yeah i'll definitely go traveling enjoy the world experience new things i think it's important to try and just get out of the sphere you're in Mm. Let me say it properly. It's important <laughs> to get out of the sphere. The sphere. The sphere. The bubble. <laughs> Let's say bubble. Yes. It's important to get get out of the bubble that you're in, and just to meet new people, see the world, see what's happening, see how other people live, mm. and of course, it allows you to just experience different climates and learn more about your body, understand how your body reacts reacts in this environment compared to this environment. And also, it gives you that opportunity to just look at the options in terms of food. Different mm. cultures have different foods and what works for you um, in this culture. And you might try and add it to your meal and switch up things. And it just adds a bit more like fun to your life too. Yeah. And of course, everyone wants something to talk about. And if you're always stuck in London, it's like... <laughs> don't we have much to talk about yeah. <laughs> it's the same old same old I so yeah definitely I would advise people to travel um, at first I probably would have been like let's say maybe last year I'd have been like oh yeah and don't travel to cold countries but I know a couple of girls from my local hospital they went to like France a, a couple of weeks ago and went skiing and they wow. all have sickle cell so it's like I mean I'm sure they're probably feeling it but they still wanted the experience mm. and sometimes you make that judgement call so you know yeah, sometimes you can make that. But for myself, I'm not going to like really cold places. I don't care that much. But I like going like to hotter places. And I've noticed the different experience I've had there. Like going swimming there, it's very nice. So snorkeling, you know. But not mm. everyone likes swimming, but I love snorkeling. So yes. Um, and the, just the different, yeah, the um, the views, the culture. It's just amazing in different countries. Um, I think it's more experience. It just opens your eyes up more. So I would advise if you got yeah if you got the time you got the energy if you prepared yourself and then yeah I think it's oh. worth doing if I don't know who wouldn't want to travel yeah I don't think imagine if you don't want to travel <laughs> well guys let us know do you want to travel is it something that you've been thinking about but maybe haven't done for any particular reason um the girls from your local hospital they need to let us know about that French experience mm. the skiing and how that was and um, they took some amazing photos and her hair was just on point I was looking at every I was like girl you got that shot well so yeah but I'm sure the experience was great too oh, <laughs> that, it sounds good it sounds yeah. good um well thank you guys for sharing Mm -hmm. um, and I hope listeners you found it useful um, just another shout out to White City Place we are recording in the pod and um, also shout out to the Sickle Cell Society because we are celebrating our 40th year um, our 40th anniversary and there's going to be loads of great activities um, taking place on the website you can find them um, this podcast is one of them so yeah thank you guys if you want to connect with us Remember, it's the Instagram at self over sickle. Um, and I think that's about it. If you have also enjoyed this episode, we have a little survey link for you. Fill it out and we've got a little prize giveaway. What is our prize this so time, Mary? It's a nice little voucher. We'll put how much on okay. the website <laughs> or on Instagram. But yes, a nice little Amazon voucher. Um, but please... Who are, yeah, because and as many people can fill it out, and then we'll put you in a draw prize. Yes. Okay. Always can do with a bit of Amazon, you know. Yeah. Be some nice on Sunday.